Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. I've known you a couple of years now, and you're like a normal guy who hangs out with abnormal people yes like yes like your instagram it's like you're just oh i'm here with tom cruise today oh, yes. i'm just hanging with nicole kidman it's just you know oh, me and martin scorsese just just like every time i see your instagram i'm just like that's wild yeah and then it's my dog it's my dog <laughs> and, and my kids doing something stupid and then and pizza that instagram handle by the way is at this is eric davis eric with a K. I'm Rob Patron at Rob Patron TV on social media, and this is Hot Takes on a Plate, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Each week on Hot Takes on a Plate, you get to eavesdrop on the ultimate food fights as I hang with my culinary world friends and other eating enthusiasts, debating each in their area of expertise. And my guest this week, Eric Davis, falls into the eating enthusiast category. Eric is Fandango's managing editor, one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to movies on the planet. He reports on them, interviews their stars and directors, he makes frequent appearances on TV and radio to talk about them, but he also loves food. I know this because he was twice a guest on my food TV show, Restaurant Hunter. He's a Staten Island native, currently lives on Long Island, and his obsession is pizza. So, after we had a delicious lunch at one of my favorite Long Island pizza spots, King Umberto, I threw some hot takes at him that involved food and drink and, of course, the movies. His job, tell me I'm right or tell me I'm wrong and why. Beer at the movies. It's something that we have seen proliferating for a while now. Yeah. I think it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible because let's think about what beer is first and foremost. It makes you have to go to the bathroom. The worst thing that can happen to you at a movie is going to the bathroom. You don't get that time back. You miss the plot. You can't ask questions in the movie. Which were, no. So why would I want something that is going to make me have to go to the bathroom? And nobody wants just one, right? So you have the one. What's that going to do? It's going to make you tired. The lights are down. You're going to feel sleepy. So something that's going to make you sleepy, that's going to make you have to pee in a movie, I don't need it. Tell me why I'm right. Tell me why I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. Um, I think you're completely wrong. Uh, any, I think anytime somebody's serving beer, uh, that's a good thing. It's always a good thing. Um, but I, you know, I'm somebody who um, was going to – there's a theater chain called the Alamo Draft House that, yes. that began in Texas. 
And I, before they began spreading across the country, uh, I, I was a big fan and I, I went to a lot of movies at that original Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas. And they had uh, beer, uh, beer on draft. They had alcoholic milkshakes. And one of the things that I loved doing was going to like a midnight screening or like a, a screening of like a big genre movie, like a horror movie or something where people are going to scream and wiggle in their seats. And I would get a couple of Shiner beers to go with it. I would get some fried pickles and like my friends and I would have a blast. So you I get mean, two beers at once. We, I sometimes you could get like a bucket of beers there. Okay. So sometimes if I was going with like four guys, we'd get a bucket of beers. And then what, you use the bucket to go to the bathroom? Uh, no, I mean, look, yeah, if you have to go Did to the bathroom. Did you hold it? What I, would you, what I do mean, you do? Look, I, I am a, I'm, I'm somebody who's a movie fan. So um, I watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of movies more than once. Um, and I'm also somebody that can read a film in terms of, okay, this is a moment where I can run to the bathroom. And I don't, most people don't have your expertise but, to do that. But you know what's interesting? Most people don't care. They don't care if they miss five minutes of the film. Um, and I think also there, there are certain films where you have to be there the entire time. You have to see everything that's happening. Um, and there are films where you don't really. Directors build in bathroom breaks? They don't. There is an app, I think, like when to go to the Yes, bathroom. I have heard of that. Uh, so you can go look at that. But I, I think if you ask anybody, you know, I'm surprised sometimes when friends of mine go to the bathroom and I'm like, oh, they're going to miss something. But literally like two minutes later, they're back. There's something about going to the bathroom when you're <laughs> watching a movie that you you just naturally speed up your sort of process and you're back and typically you don't miss something. Maybe you, and if you did miss something, it's it's something that can be settled up in one. Now moment. I'm going to throw this out there. If you feel like you, you can go to the bathroom in a movie and not miss something, maybe that scene shouldn't be in the movie. No, I mean, I think that sometimes there's uh, significant plot points that, yeah, if you miss it, it throws you off. I mean, there are some films that you really don't want to miss anything. Um, like because, The Irishman? Uh, the Irishman. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> You know, but there are like there's a film there's a film that I love right now. Uh, it's a it's a South Korean film. It's making a lot of waves. It's called Parasite. Um, I am dying to see that. That is a film that you you don't really want to go to the bathroom uh, because it's in a foreign language and there's a lot of twists and turns in it, uh, and you might miss something. That being said, I saw it and I went to the bathroom uh, because I had one of these big large diet cokes. Um, which is still going to also make you go to the bathroom. So I'd rather drink beer than a giant. Diet That's true. Coke. Although I try to, I try to avoid beverages in general in the movies. I, I, I go if I need a sip to to cleanse the palate. That's fine. But I am not chugging a big gulp or anything because again, in fact, I don't know if I've ever gone to the bathroom in the middle of a movie at the movie theater. That's awesome. Maybe I, I have, and maybe my memory is I, I don't know. But I I take that very seriously. I, but you know, also most people they reserve going to the movies for the big blockbusters or the big sure. horror movies or the big sort of popcorn films where you can you can check out for five minutes and still enjoy yourself and so i think if you're going to one of those movies uh, and you can have a couple of beers by all means have a couple of beers you're going to enhance your experience of the film uh but just if you're driving be safe with that absolutely all right next one twizzlers Yes. I don't, I don't even want to hear what you're going to say because, yes, just you're wrong if you're against this. Taking a Twizzler, biting off both ends, sticking it in your soda, and using it as a straw is the greatest movie food hack oh, is, there is. There is nothing is better. Sucking through that Twizzler and turning that Twizzler from that soft kind of 
you know, you know, room temperature thing to making it a little chill, giving it a little bit of snap. It almost plays like a slim gym in terms of texture once you've done that. And you don't even need the straw. And look, in this time where we're all trying to get rid of plastic straws, what's better than a Twizzler as a straw? Twizzler as a straw, greatest food hack in a movie theater. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. This is big because I am. That's what I eat in movie theaters is Twizzlers. Uh, you're wrong. I would say that. Really? I think you're wrong. What's which, a better hack? Which is crazy because I love Twizzlers. Like that's. But what's a better I, hack? I I in inside a movie theater, I think using Twizzlers as a straw. Okay, I will agree that it's a decent food hack in terms of not needing a straw. It's but even quieter than a plastic straw. But I disagree in terms of it doing something good to the Twizzler, um, because I feel like when that Twizzler hardens up. Um, I don't think you it you don't taste the flavor as much. Um, it, it's just it's it's not. Wait a second, you got a whole bag of Twizzlers, right? You don't you're not using all of them as no, a straw. I'm, I like I said, I agree. Variety is the spice of life. I agree that it's a decent hack. What I don't agree with is that. So what's the better that, hack? That it's a positive to the Twizzler. So is there a better hack? Uh, in like in the movie theater, I you know I I do like the. Um, the you know if you're getting a buttered popcorn getting the putting the popcorn the butter sort of down the sides of the popcorn you think that's a hack that's just common sense uh but i mean in terms i i don't i don't i don't necessarily delve as much into food hacks i agree twizzler is a straw is a decent hack disagree i take that round disagree that it's a positive for the twizzler all right all right i'm gonna move on to um something that is food, but more on the movie side of food. Here's a, here's a really hot take. The greatest food movie of all time is Defending Your Life. <laughs> Defending Your Life. You know this, of course, right? Uh-huh. Albert Brooks, brilliant movie, Meryl Streep. It was a movie that I loved as a child. For all of you out there listening who don't know Defending Your Life, go watch it right now. And so the premise of Defending Your Life is Albert Brooks's character and Meryl Streep's character, they both die and they go to this place, Judgment City. It's like purgatory, basically. And they're being judged on to whether they get to go to the next place, the afterlife, or they have to get sent back down to Earth to become something else and do it all over again until they conquer their fears. Because that's what this whole movie is about, is conquering fears. Now you're saying, why is that a food movie? It's not only the best food you'll ever have, but you can eat all you want. I can what? As long as you're here, you can eat all you want. It won't affect you physically, and you won't gain weight. So pig out, eat 30 hot cakes. I'll see you at 11. I can eat all I want? Eat everything. Then there's some great restaurant scenes. Now you got nine pies in here. You think that's going to be enough, or do you want them more? Defending your life. Best food movie of all time. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. I I think you're I think you're you're rightish. I think you're rightish. I think it's a really good film. It's a really entertaining film. I think it's great in terms of the fantasy that that it provides. I think that's a great idea. I think people would hear that and and love it. Isn't um, food fantasy? And I think the food scenes are good, but I also th- they're not food scenes that make me sort of drool. Um, there it's it, the food scenes in that film sort of add to the allure of the fantasy, which I love. Those food movies are bad. Well, they are bad. Uh, one, there's a food movie that I actually really do enjoy if you're a foodie and it's, uh, it's a recent film and it's chef, uh, John Favreau wrote and directed it. What I love about this film 
is that it has there's really no stakes. Everything is happy dory. Um, it's 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 not a film that uh, really rests on its story, but the food scenes in it are the critic tremendous. part. Baloney. The critic part was baloney. I don't watch it for the story. I watch it for its food scenes because I think it that it, it's food porn. Look, you got to show it. You got to show out of it on Netflix. So good for him. Yeah, I, I think he makes a grilled cheese in that film that is is one of the sexiest uh, food scenes that I've ever seen. Uh, and so I, I do agree that Defending Your Life is a, is probably one of the best food movies, if not the best. Um, but I think if you want to drool, uh, watch Chef. Okay. This is not, this is a pretty common sense hot take, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Still to this day, the best movie theater food is buttered popcorn. I mean, it's the classic. It's what you want. It's what you crave. I don't eat buttered popcorn unless I'm at a movie. I eat Twizzlers in my home. I don't eat buttered popcorn, especially with that greasy, warm, and they, now most places they let you put it on yourself, that, that butter. I'm not doing that unless I'm at a movie theater. Buttered popcorn at a movie is the one thing I need. It's the best movie theater popcorn all time. It's the goat. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. You're right. I would say you're right. I'm a huge Twizzler fan, uh, and I, I my Twizzlers are my go-to. I'm not a big candy guy. I don't like chocolate. I'm weird like that. I just I don't eat chocolate. Um, but buttered popcorn, not just uh, the eating of it, but the smell, the aroma, and as that aroma hits a movie theater and the lights go out, I think there's a certain part of nostalgia that kicks into your brain. And you're, It's the smell of a movie. Yeah, it's the smell of a movie. And you're thinking about all of the movies that you grew up watching and it automatically hits you. And so I think there are certain smells that really, you know, evoke, you know, really great memories of, of our lives and, and sort of big moments in our lives. And I think that buttered popcorn across a movie theater... Uh, and and eating it, even though as I've gotten older, it makes me crazy bloated now. Uh, <laughs> but I still really enjoy uh, some good, tasty buttered popcorn. There's nothing like it. Just put that napkin on your lap, or else the butter's seeping seeping onto your jeans, and then you're gonna look like you peed your pants. Uh, that's <laughs> happened advice. to me plenty. Good advice. All right, now on the flip side, the worst movie theater food of all time is got to be the good and plenty. It's the worst candy of all time. <laughs> the good and plenty is disgusting. It's just, no, no, it is. You're right. You don't even let me finish my take. You're just, you know, I'm right. You know, I'm right. I'm right. I don't even yes. need. I just, I'll leave it right there. It's off. That's like my father. My father would be, like, you know, like well, your your grandfather is the one that gets the good and plenty. It's like when you go with your grandmother to McDonald's and she's like, it's the fish sandwich and coffee. And it's like, what are you doing? You're at McDonald's. <laughs> Why are you getting a fish sandwich? I, I never understood that. You know, when somebody's like, yeah, I'm gonna get the fish sandwich. Why? <laughs> You know what McDonald's is, right? Go somewhere else for your fish sandwich. But, but yeah, I mean, good and plenty uh, is not good. And you know, I'm also not crazy about these gourmet meals. You know, I think it's great that you have that option. Yes, but it's hard to eat. Like How gourmet a, is it really going to be in a movie? Theater? Yeah, it's hard to eat like a like a big cheeseburger and French fries. You have to really strategize that. And uh, I, you know, luckily, I I spent a lot of time in the Alamo Draft House, and I've been able to sort of watch other people around me how to strategize eating those meals. Uh, but it's hard, especially if the people on either side of you aren't eating that. You're like got this giant burger. Uh, and you're just kind of crowded over it and smelling up everything. So I'd rather smell buttered popcorn in a theater. That being said, I give theaters credit for for trying it, and I like the options that are available. And back one second to the good and plenty. 
You want a good sociopath test? Yes. Ask somebody if they like good and plenties. <laughs> if somebody says, I love good and plenties, steer clear of that human. Yes. Good and plenty is a weird, uh, is a weird candy. It's, it still exists there. Uh, I, I think it caters to uh, an older subsect or somebody that really likes that taste, which I hate. All right. Last one. Dinner in a movie is the worst first date you could ever go on. Think about one, the length of it between dinner, which dinner itself is a first date. Now you're adding a movie. If the date is no good, you're stuck. Secondly, you can't talk during a movie. So what is the point of the movie? Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. Dinner in a movie, terrible first date. I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to say you're right. I, I, I agree that on a first date, it's, it's hard because you really don't want to be in a position where – uh, you're in a movie and you can't talk to the. You're other getting person. to know them. I, I I agree. I think it works if there's somebody that you already know. Um, my wife and I, uh, our first sort of quote unquote date uh, was to a movie. To was dinner in a movie, uh, and I actually told her. I see we were friends for about six months before okay. that. So you didn't have to get to um, know her. But what I did is I told her right before the the movie started. I said, I just want to let you know I have feelings for you. I like you. Uh, and then the movie started, and, and we had, we both had to sit there the entire movie. He drops a bomb, but sometimes and you got married. Yeah, and we wound up getting married. But but sometimes um, now, did you do that so you could put the moves on her in the movie? Like just like like I'm calling my shot. I'm gonna put my arm around you at some point. I, I like you. Just get ready. Like was that the no, strategy? No, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about putting moves on at all. Although I could see somebody, you know, thinking or or. You know, doing that. You just like awkwardness. I was and just, sitting in. I was just. An you just awkward, want to sit in awkwardness. Yeah, it was an awkward sort of. I I, I had felt the vibe with her, and and I, I was like, I got to see if this is what I'm. If this is like a real thing that's happening right now, and I chose the absolute worst time to do it. Um, but it's a story that we still say, we still tell each other to this day. And the movie itself was American Beauty, which wound up winning Best Picture, um, even though it was about a marriage that disintegrated. Also an awkward movie. An awkward, awkward movie. Awkward on awkward. A lot of awkward. <laughs> so when I tell that story, I like to say that, uh, I like to preface it with the fact that American Beauty won Best Picture and not the fact that it was about a disintegrating relationship. <laughs> um, but but yes, um, I do think a first date at a movie is rough unless you know the person already, uh, because I do like a movie movie because it really fuels conversation. Um, and so sometimes people, they don't know what to talk about. Uh, I think a movie gives you something to talk about, but you have to understand that you're not going to be able to talk to each other for a while. So sometimes if you're going to do a first date and it's going to include a movie, I would almost see movie and dinner and not dinner and a movie. Oh yeah. Cause then because you have then something to talk about. You have something to talk about over dinner. So, um, so that's, if you're going to do it, I would say do it that way. Or do a snack, do like a little like little appetizer snack, then the movie, then drinks. Well, you How go, about that? Or you go to a movie that has a bar. I think all of the AMCs. <laughs> Bring it full circle. Bring it full circle. You have Eric. a couple of drinks, then see the movie, then go to dinner, have dinner and drinks during dinner, and talk about the movie. Perfect. Eric, where can everybody find you? Uh, find me at Fandango. Uh, that's who I work for. And also on Twitter is my main place, Eric with a K Davis. Uh, and on Instagram, this is Eric Davis. Awesome. Thanks so much, friend. Thank you. My thanks again to Eric Davis for talking food and drink in the movies. Now, each episode ends with a dining tip from yours truly that ties into the theme of what we've been talking about. And if I'm going to tell you where to eat 
near a movie theater, well, it's going to be a personal thing, of course. Uh, my movie theater, my local movie theater, is a place called Cobble Hill Cinemas. And it's an old school kind of throwback movie theater. This is not the place that you go for the uh, the new school experience. No, no, this place dates back decades, and it has just this old school charm to it. And the place I'm recommending near that movie theater, the place that I go to before a movie, the, the rare occasions that I get to find the time for dinner and the movies, is also old school. It's a place called Sam's. Sam's has been on Court Street in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, since the 1930s. It is you see it from outside that it's old school. It's got the the neon sign that just sort of it 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 says to you come in, experience this. This is going to be a blast from the past. And you go down a couple steps, and you walk in the door, and there are red tablecloths, and there is a statue of David in the corner, and you go in there, and you get the pizza. That is what you get. I don't. I don't have time for anything else. The The pizza there is like nothing else. I, If I were to try to compare it to something, it's kind of like a, like a classic New York pie. It's that sort of size, but it's heavier on the sauce, and it's a way better sauce than the classic New York-style pie. And it's also got more cheese, and I don't know this for a fact, but it's always played to me like there's a cheese blend. It's not just shredded mozzarella there there might be something else snuck in there i'm not positive on that but it's a little heavier on the cheese a little heavier on the sauce which is not usually my thing but i make an exception for them because really what it comes down to is the crust the crust on it is just fantastic it's got it's not the bland cardboard crust that a lot of places when you're talking about you know run-of-the-mill slice joints and this is not a slice joint by the way this is a sit-down restaurant you cannot get pizza by the slice there you can get it to go. They don't deliver. You have to walk into like like a through the dining room into the back. There's like a window where you can order pizza to go. But uh, the last time that I had this pizza before a movie, it was a few years ago, and I actually intentionally saved the crust till the end. I had a big pile of crust, and I said to the proprietor of the place, who who is a character by the way, more on him in a moment. And I, I said, can can you bag this up? I'm going to the movies, and I, I want this crust as a snack because it's better than, you know, say pretzels or something like that. And he laughed at me, and he went to the back, and I could see them pointing and laughing at me. But I had the last laugh because I got to enjoy really good pizza crust, which I snuck into the movie theater. So um, anyway, you go there. I've talked a lot about the food, but the service is really the thing that I, I need to address because I'll be honest with you. It can be hit or miss, and it depends on your tolerance for, how do I put it, uh, an old school approach, if you will. Uh, they work on their own time at Sam's. You're not going to rush them. You're not going to tell them to hurry up. If uh, the proprietor, I think his name is Louis, if he wants to take a smoke break in the middle of when he should be getting your pizza to serve you, he, he's going to do that and you have to be okay with it. Uh, they're actually really good with kids. A lot of he, he does the old school Donald Duck voice with them. Uh, I find it charming. He'll joke with you. It may be an inappropriate joke every now and then, but it's just it's just there's just not really places like this anymore. And. I appreciate having that that sense of history of what a neighborhood used to be like. And so 
even though you newbies can find it a little bit difficult to navigate, once you're in there, you're in, and they they treat people who they recognize pretty well. Sam's, Court Street, Cobble Hill, that is my dining tip when it comes to food at the movies. And I want to thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Rob Patron TV. Please let me know what you think of the show and share your food hot takes with me. I may just address them on a future episode. And of course, make sure to follow, subscribe, bookmark, whatever you do on your podcast listening device of choice so you don't miss any new episodes. Hot takes on a plate. It's on all the services. And if you can rate us, please do. Five stars, of course. Tell your friends. Share if you like what you just heard. Let's get the word out there. Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. Check them out on B-L-E-A-V.com. Believe.com. The number one podcast network for professionals. If you believe in Hot Takes on a Plate, we'll see you next week. I'm Rob Patron. Till next time, ciao. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota. So little time.